Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted a written imprint of boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill their promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had men and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. You're listening to The Secret Teachings Radio on the Fringe FM. 
I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thanks for joining us this evening. If you'd like to contact the show, rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. The network website, thefringe.fm, and our website, www.thesecretteachings.info. I'm sure you've heard of the old saying, Rome was not built in a day. I'm sure you've heard that at some point. Well, Rome did not fall in a day either. And about 11 years ago, 10 and a half to be exact, when I was first starting in radio, this is my anniversary week, I used to say that the United States of America was very much like the Roman Empire. And at the college radio station where my show was hosted as a volunteer gig, people loved it. They loved that idea. They loved the idea that the United States of America was corrupt and that the government was inadequate and that it seemed as if everything from economics to culture to sociology, everything was collapsing and continuing to collapse to this day. And there was a sense of smugness and arrogance about it. And I didn't understand why that was. I didn't understand exactly why people felt that way. I thought, you know, these are Americans. Shouldn't they be at least, you know, somewhat happy with the country that they live in? Shouldn't they be, uh, you know, at least accepting of the country they live in? Why, why do they hate America so much? And I got caught up in that. I, I myself would think, well, the United States, historically speaking, is kind of like the, the little bit of the Roman Empire that I understood that I knew. This vast empire that collapsed under the weight of corruption and many other things being stretched far too thin for the resources and the and the soldiers, etc., to maintain such a large expanse of land. And what I learned over the years was that it's not so much a political issue. It's more of an anti-American issue. What I mean by that is I learned that the people who typically referred to the United States of America as a country that was repulsive and had a, a terrible history, though they tended to be Democrats, they weren't really Democrats. They were anti-American or Truly, they were American in the sense that they might have been born here. They might be a citizen, but they were conditioned and brainwashed with anti-American ideology and rhetoric, mostly at the university level. And when I figured that out and when I started to speak against it, not so much consciously, but I think I was subconsciously figuring that out, I recognized on radio all those years ago that the people I felt, I'm not talking about individuals, but the people, the the, the groups, the, the labels, the I identities, that I thought I could get along with were only willing to talk so long as I spoke within the, the, the frame of their narrative, what they believed. And that goes for any narrative, any belief. And when I shifted gears thinking that personally I was concerned, what does my concern do? I don't know. What does it do today? I don't know. But I was concerned with corruption just any kind of corruption, you know, maybe not even immorality, but amorality. I was concerned with psychopathic behavior, sociopath. I was concerned with things like that. So I realized, well, that actually is something that's on 
all parts of the political spectrum. It's all throughout any subject matter, any topic. You're going to find corruption, okay? That's the point. You're going to find corruption to some degree. Some people don't like to acknowledge that there's corruption, though, within their their hive of ideological belief. So that was about 10 and a half, 11 years ago. The anniversary of my radio presence, if you will, on air was uh, on Sunday, just last Sunday, a couple days ago. So this week is kind of like my whole anniversary week. And last night we talked to uh, Mike D., who's been with us for about seven to eight years. His biography is on the website at thesecretteachings.info. Mike used to do the show with us when we first began, so I thought it would be cool to get Mike on. We didn't really talk about the old show, but we just had a conversation like we used to in the old basement studio when we first began radio. Tonight I wanted to expand on some of what we talked about last night, but I wanted to go into the details and kind of compare and contrast what we are today compared to what we were then. I'm not going to focus too much on that tonight because I have a big presentation for you. But I've made very large, very wide spread strides forward in understanding certain certain subjects or understanding certain topics or certain concepts or certain ideas. And within the last decade, I've recognized that there were many faults in uh, what I felt were not necessarily ideologies, but what I thought were kind of like unbiased ideologies. And, I'm, and I've, I've felt fall, fallen victim to those, those faults. But more so, I mean, when I say that the United States of America is like the Roman Empire, I don't say that because I want the United States of America as a country to collapse like the Roman Empire. But you notice if you spend enough time around people like that, they don't say it because they're making a historical, contextual relation. They're saying it because they really want that to be true. And this isn't just me speculating. This is in the October issue of The Atlantic. And it's kind of like their opinion piece. That's what these big publications do. They publish content under the protection of free speech and free press, and they use the open free society that we have here in the United States to attack and to tear it down. So this is in the ideas section of the Atlantic. This is the headline. The end of the Roman Empire wasn't that bad. Maybe the end of the American one won't be either. That's the headline from the Atlantic. And there's another huge headline from the New York Times, which is also an opinion piece, but they don't make that word very large, so you don't really recognize, hey, this is an opinion piece. This isn't a factual statement. This is pure foreign propaganda. October 6th, 2020. So within the time frame just a few days ago of this October issue of the Atlantic, the end of the Roman Empire wasn't that bad. Maybe the end of the American one won't be either. This is what the New York Times says. America may need international intervention. International intervention. Even Democrats may find it hard to imagine, but the leader of the free world would benefit from United Nations 
oversight. Now, why they say Democrats may find it hard, the Democratic Party, more than any political group, is pushing very hard, mostly influences in the Democratic Party, pushing very hard to unite the world in a UN format. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the forming of the United Nations, and this month, October, is actually the anniversary of the UN, the founding on the 24th, but throughout the last couple of months, the, the various anniversaries of the establishing of, of certain charters and, and, and agreements with the United Nations and where that actually came from, we did a show, it's in the archives, it's called Birth of a United Nations, and we talk about the Cecil Rhodes Roundtable Groups, the Council on Foreign Relations, the League of Nations, the uh, Trilateral Commission, which was established later as an extension of the CFR, all paid for by Rockefeller money. And when I say that, that's not like a buzzword. Like, I actually know that the Rockefeller Foundation literally, David Rockefeller literally established the Trilateral Commission, paid for, along with Rothschild money, the Council on Foreign Relations, the, the Roundtable Groups, the Rothschilds funded Cecil Rhodes and uh, own like 80% of, because he, he was in the diamond trade, the diamond, uh, blood diamond trade, if you will. And uh, they own about 80 plus percent of that to this state. It might be almost 100% at this point, but back in the early 20th century, it was like 80%. So this is where it came from. The League of Nations, the United States did not want to be in the League of Nations. So we had a second world war and then we have the acceptance of a United Nations. And the New York Times is calling for international intervention to help assist. Oh, they're so concerned to help assist the president in organizing and better handling COVID-19. And they reference, historically, they reference people like Malcolm X in 1964, how he reached out to other uh, governments, Africa's newly independent governments, to recommend uh, an immediate investigation into American racism by the United Nations Human Rights Council. And now the relatives of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Philando Castile, and Michael Brown endorsed a letter calling on the council to, quote, urgently convene a special session on the situation of human rights in the United States. It's interesting because George Floyd basically killed himself. Breonna Taylor was involved in drug dealing with her boyfriend and uh, was involved in the shootout with police. I mean, those are two cases that are nakedly fraudulent. But because they're black, oh, we have we have to love them because they're black. How about we judge people based on the content of their character and not the color of their skin? Or is that also racist to quote King? This is what the New York Times is calling for. This is what the Atlantic is calling for. And they call for it in a very smug, arrogant, professor-like way. Like they're ju they've just got a pipe, you know, and a nice suit on. They're like, you know, the the end of the Roman Empire really wasn't that bad. I guess the end of the United States won't be bad that bad either. You know, we, we, we should really discuss this because as the United States crumbles, it's not really uh, such a bad thing that we have United Nations oversight. It's not really a bad thing. I mean, it's going to actually assist and help with the transition of power to a global authority and to Prince Charles so that we can reset the world. And this will really bring true peace and equality to everything and everybody. And if the United States as a country doesn't accept this, we might need international intervention to get them to accept it, you know? It's that smug arrogance, that pretentiousness. 
that smug arrogance and that pretentiousness and that 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 professor mindset of like I'm better than you and I'm going to virtue signal by telling you things that sound really 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 good that sound like they're they're based on some divine idea you know people that are truly able to live in harmony and peace with one another you know most of us we don't have any need to constantly express how much we care about somebody because of the way that they look or the way that they like to have sex or the way that they identify. But people that are obsessed with race and obsessed with sex and obsessed with sexual identification constantly have to tell you, I care about Hispanics. I care about Asians. I care about blacks. I care about justice. I care about equality. Well, the fact that you have to keep saying that over and over and over again, in most major psychological assessments, people that constantly tell you how much they care about another race of people or another group of people are clinically psychopathic. They are narcissistic and they are Machiavellian. These are the dark triad of personality traits. Machiavellianism, psychopathy, sociopathology, and narcissism. They, they just need to tell you how much they care. I, I care about this group of people. I care about people that don't like to have sex a certain way or that like to have sex a different way that's abnormal compared to others. I really care. And you notice that those kind of people rarely allow you space to disagree or to even agree with them, but to agree in wording that is different than their rhetoric, even then you cannot have a conversation with that individual. And the ones that you can, they're not totally and wholly corrupted by that extremist ideology. And you can actually get through them and explain. You understand what you're participating is in is like literal, like pure, vile, venomous hatred that's dressed up as acceptance and equality and justice and all this stuff. And so every problem that we have, you know, you, you didn't make enough money at work this week. And you, you had a, a, a rough time going to bed because you stayed up and watched TV too long. You know, just little things. You know, you didn't go to work enough. You know, you took a couple of days off. You watched television. You ate before bed, so you had trouble going to sleep. You know, these are your problems. These are things that you could fix. But no, it must be because you're black, or it must be because you're gay, or it must be because the United States is a terrible place to live. And, oh, there are so many better places to live in the world. Well, I really don't understand if there are so many better places to live in the world, and, and there perhaps may be for your, you know, the way that you live, and maybe you would want to move somewhere else. But why don't you just move to that country if it's so great in Venezuela? And I mean that seriously. Like, why don't you go to Venezuela then? Venezuela is not the United States. It never will be the United States. No country will be the United States. I mean, you can go to other countries that have freedom. J Japan has freedom. Germany has freedom to some degree. You know, maybe a little bit different than our Constitution and Bill of Rights. But if you want to experience that kind of life, then go to those countries. I, I don't understand why you go to a beautiful place like Portland, Oregon, or you go to a beautiful place like New York, and you try to tear it down and you try to make it like those other countries like Venezuela. Like if you go to Portland, Oregon, it's a beautiful place, it's a beautiful city. 
but because people don't have any sense of self-awareness, and it's just a, it's just a handful who are corrupted by this ideology, they tear things down and make it look terrible and gross and horrific and just, they make it look, they make it look ugly. And, and this is not without historical context over and over again. And when they make things look ugly and they tear things down, then they blame, they blame the ugliness on the very thing that was holding up the beautiful that they tore down to create this ugly environment. I'll give you a good example. Like when I was a kid, my quote unquote dad, I say quote unquote dad, my dad used to like lock me in my room, tell me to clean. I cleaned everything. He would come in and then before my mom would get home, my room was clean, but he'd come in and he'd, he'd like trash it again to make it look like I, I didn't do anything. Even though I was, I kept it clean, he would come in and trash it to make it look like I didn't do anything all day. Right. I mean, that's psychopathic behavior, narcissistic behavior. I told him to clean it. He didn't clean it. He's not listening to me. This is what these people do. They tear down what's beautiful, and then they blame the people that are trying to make it beautiful for the reason that it's ugly. It's gaslighting, a very extreme form of gaslighting, a cultural form of gaslighting. See what I mean? And so there are three key points that we need to recognize. The first key point is, the United States Constitution that preserves the foundation of our republic, that is the foundation of our republic, the United States Constitution and the, and the Bill of Rights, which some of the founders like George Mason did not want to have a, a constitutional government without a Bill of Rights, and he refused, I think he even refused to sign and he went back home. He lived just, uh, just south of George Washington's place. He went back home to Virginia because he didn't think that this strong federal government was going to be worth something unless there was a Bill of Rights to make sure that no government, whether local or federal, could infringe upon the simple, basic human rights that God had given man. And there's a lot of misunderstanding here about what these words mean. So the Constitution preserves the rule of law. It preserves the true equality of the people. And it's because of the abandonment of the Constitution that we have so many of the problems that we have today. Abandoning the Constitution is not the solution. It is the problem. And the further we stray from those God-given laws, not a religious God, just God as in nature, just like God represents like morality, doing the right thing and good, just like the devil represents chaos and disorder and doing the wrong thing when you know you shouldn't do it. God represents doing the right thing, order. And that's what God represents, and that's what marriage represents. Marriage is a preservation, but you don't have to be married to have those qualities with somebody. You don't have to have a nuclear family to have those qualities. But at one point in history, the nuclear family was somewhat necessary in order to preserve the cultural, the environmental, the social, and the community structure. And to some degree, as a result of abandoning many of these traditional principles, the nuclear family, I think, is very much needed today. But if you don't want to participate in that, you do not have to. But don't tear down other people because you don't like it. The Constitution preserves the rule of law. God-given rights. It's the rule of law, the rule of nature, 
the rule of the jungle, which remember what George H.W. Bush said, will have a, a credible United Nations, which will ha- which will be the rule of law, and we we won't have you know the rule of the jungle. Well, when he said that, the rule of the jungle is a right to self defense. It's a right to speak freely. It's a right to free association. It's a right to free. Uh, a free uh, distribution of information. It's human rights. But they don't want human rights. They want the opposite of human rights. But they'll tell you that when they wage war, war is really peace. And freedom is actually slavery. And ignorance is actually strength. And they'll tell you that slavery at the founding of the United States of America and beyond is what the country represents, but this is untrue. No, no, no. Slavery at the founding of the United States and beyond, however you define slavery, that's the old world. The new world put an end to it. That's the second key point. And the third key point is that the power of our open and free society is a beautiful, incredible, powerful thing, but it's also a weakness exploited by enemies of the republic. We're going to talk about all of this. It's very esoteric and it's very powerful. It's embedded in the law of God and nature. When we come back here on The Secret Teachings. The music tonight, White Bat Audio. You're listening to The Fringe FM, the fringe.fm. TheSecretTeachings.info for our archive. rdgable at yahoo.com to contact us. And TheFringeFest.com for our Halloween conference. Check it out. We'll be right back. Here on the Fringe FM, stay with us. Want more of the Fringe? Check out thefringe.fm for more information on your favorite shows. Also, don't forget to check out the Fringe mobile app or the other ways you can tune in through the Paranormal Radio app and Talk Stream Live. Where the normal and paranormal collide, it's the Fringe FM. This is The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings or our website, thesecretteachings.info. If you'd like to hear more of The Secret Teachings, if you missed a show or part of a show, sign up to the ever-expanding archive at thesecretteachings.info. When you subscribe for a month or year, you get access to the full show archive to every show after it airs. You can download and stream unlimited episodes and share your login with friends or family. With your subscription, you can also get access on the website to all of Ryan's digital books and the ever-growing montage archive. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donate Subscribe tab at the top of the page. Use the secure PayPal link and start your membership today. By subscribing, you support The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, Ryan, and yourself. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings t-shirts are now available through TeePublic and the show website at thesecretteachings.info. Whatever your color or size, check out the full selection on our website. 
Shirt designs include the Secret Teachings logo, our Occult Arcana shirt, the infamous Mothman, and of course the Blue Chicken Avian shirts, among others like the Paranormal Desert shirt. Check them out on TeePublic by searching for The Secret Teachings or simply visit thesecretteachings.info and select the merchandise option at the top of the page. What do you think would happen if you bring the Fringe FM together with leading voices in the paranormal and unexplained? What if no topic were off limits from cryptids to conspiracies to astrology, psychic abilities, and even ufology? And what would happen if you broadcast this event in crystal clear video? streaming live around the world and allowing viewers like you to interact with their favorite presenters, then you would have created the monster that is the Fringe Fest 2020. Two nights only, Friday, October 30th and Saturday, October 31st. For more information and to get your tickets, visit thefringefest.com. That's thefringefest.com. Trick or truth. The only thing scarier is not being there. That's Friday, October 30th and Saturday, October 31st. Get your tickets now before they sell out at thefringefest.com. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. You're listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting. How do you think you would react if you knew the truth? The Fringe FM. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. When a long train of abuses, usurpations... Pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism. It is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and provide new guards for their future security. Listen to The Secret Teachings five nights a week, Monday through Friday, on The Fringe FM. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable, your host. This is The Fringe FM. 
the Constitution of the United States of America, contrary to the subconscious popular belief or the popular subconscious belief, and I believe it is very subconscious, preserves the rule of law, preserves the rule of nature, the rule of God, and true equality as a result of all of we the people. And it's because of the abandonment of the Constitution and the concepts that it embodies that we have so many of the problems that we have today. It's not because of the Constitution that we have these problems. Abandoning the Constitution is not the solution to those problems. It is the cause of those problems. In the same way that slavery, existing at the founding of the United States and beyond, is a preservation of the old world, not a result of the new world, which ended it. These are two key points that must be remembered, and they are important now perhaps more than ever, at least in context with other significant historical events when our republic has been threatened or when the threat of any kind of freedom in the world has been threatened, as we see it is now coming up also next year on the Great Reset with the Red Dragon Prince Charles in charge, the Antichrist, as it would seem, playing that archetype, playing that character. Freedom in any capacity, in any form, is at threat around the world. Although you know that the World Health Organization interestingly just said that there should not be lockdowns because of COVID-19. So they put up all the scaffolding and then they remove it. And when they remove the scaffolding, there is your proverbial new world order. That is your new normal That's what's left over, a terrified population that even if it's admitted tomorrow that everything's a fraud, they'll still wear their masks in mass. I call them the mask majority, masquerading in a culture of BDSM, sadomasochists that want to be abused because they don't feel like they're worth anything, and they feel like the rule of law and scars historically that a country may have are the reasons why they don't feel good today, are the reasons why they can't succeed today. You know, that's an interesting word people use like success. Oh, you know that black people have such a difficult time getting opportunities. What black people? Are you talking about all black people? Are you saying that all black people don't have opportunities? Black people have lots of opportunities. White people have lots of, everybody has opportunities. This is the land of opportunity. In fact, most of the world, there is open, not all countries, but most of the world, there is open opportunity. And if you don't have opportunity there, you can go to another country, which is why people tend to want to come to the United States, because there is opportunity here. But we get opportunity and success confused. We think that opportunity is equated with equality of outcome, so that everybody gets the exact same thing, whether they worked for it or they deserved it or not. But no, true equality is the equal opportunity that you have. You know, things like affirmative action, I think affirmative action is racist. And I also think that when you train police departments to learn how to better 
understand white privilege, that is incredibly and profoundly racist. And I think that, no, not everybody deserves a right to vote. That doesn't mean I get to make a decision. But you have to understand that if you give everybody a right to vote, what about those people that just lay there every day, all day, and do nothing? And they're paid by the welfare state. Why should they have a choice in going out and voting? Because they're going to vote for the candidate who will put more money in their pocket for doing less work or for doing no work at all. Let me explain to you, this is how slavery works. You might think of slavery as every black person in the world was enslaved by this galactic empire of a United States, or even before the United States, a galactic empire of colonists that just enslaved the black man. Well, hold on a second. We need some context here. Number one, many of these blacks were sold by other blacks to whites who were not whites, but actually Jewish, who owned shipping lines. And they sold their brothers and sisters, or they were stolen, and the plantations that were owned were not owned by every colonist. They were owned by a very small number of people that had, in some cases, large financial backing. Okay, so if the picture isn't clear already, let me try to render it and make it even more crystal clear for you. International banking, the Bank of England, was the primary driving force of the American Revolution. Big banks were also one of the primary driving forces of the assassination attempt on Andrew Jackson in the 1830s when the national debt was paid off for the last time. They were the primary driving force in the War of 1812. They were the primary driving force in the Civil War of the 1860s. The primary driving force in World War I and in World War II. And so on and so forth, you can see the pattern. These big, big mega banks, which in those days, there were mega banks. You have these big banks, and they basically owned and financed a lot of the plantations. So you have a handful, like if you compare the number of plantation owners to the number of actual, let's say, citizens of any given state, it's like the number of people you can count on your hand. I mean, it's a very teeny, tiny, small number. I hope that you understand that. And if you do understand that, you should be telling other people this. Very small number of people own slaves. A very small number of people owned plantations, and usually it was family-owned, and usually it was financed by a larger corporate-like entity, like a big bank, by people who were not white. All right? And you have a very small number of people, percentage-wise, less than 2% at any given point in American history of, let's call them white people, because we're racist, owned slaves, right, owned slaves at any period, less than 2%, like closer to 1%. It's a very small percentage. And yet we say that 
99% of the rest of the citizenry, regardless of what their personal views were, are responsible for the crimes and the immoral, and the immoral or amoral actions of a small number of people. You see what happens? This is no different than what the Chinese did in the 1950s. They rounded up and killed people because their parents were capitalists or because their parents, even if they weren't nationalists or supporters of Kang Chai-shek, they literally would kill people because they just didn't agree with the Communist Party in China. They were guilty of genetic crimes, meaning you are guilty for what your ancestors did. Now, in China, it was a little different because your ancestors were maybe like a generation removed, like in the 40s, or they were still alive and you might have been associated with them and you hadn't disowned them yet. So that's different. Here in the United States, this is 2020. We're talking about over a hundred years ago, more than a hundred years ago. We're talking like, if you want to really break it down, 200 years ago. And today, because of the color of your skin, you are guilty of genetic crimes that only 1% or less of the entire population of plantation owners and slave owners at any given point in American history were guilty of. Do you understand, I hope you do, how absolutely asinine and preposterous this is? Now, maybe if you're in California and you like the governor there, you may be happy about what the governor of California has just done, approving a task force on slavery reparations so that taxpayers are going to pay reparations to slaves once they figure this out. The only problem is there aren't any slaves alive today in the context with what they consider slavery to be. So that's kind of strange. You're going to do genetic tests on every black person and find that many of those black people have families that are actually white and didn't own slaves. Or maybe their families were white and did own slaves. So do they get the reparations just because of the color of their skin? How horrifically racist and vile is that? What about white people that might be guilty of something? So what about if their ancestors were actually black and were slaves? Does that mean white people get money if their ancestors might have been black or maybe they were enslaved? See, this is what I never understood. Throughout the history of the world... And presently today in countries like Somalia, slavery has always existed and exists today among the same group of people and among other groups of people. Slavery exists in your iPhone. It exists in your clothing and in your shoes. This is why basketball players in particular just piss me off because you have rich on a level you'll never understand, even if you won the lottery. You've got rich, more than multi-millionaires, some of them close to billionaires, if they invest right. Stefan Curry got like half a billion dollars. 
I mean, that guy actually seems like a decent guy compared to LeBron James, but you look at these guys and some of them are literally sitting on hundreds of millions of dollars. They're wearing shoes that are made by slaves. Jerseys, pants, jock straps, goggles perhaps, whatever they need for the game, sleeves, sweatbands, all of which manufactured by slaves today. And they lecture a large, poor audience on how racist and how much privilege they have. And they do it while making hundreds of millions of dollars and wearing clothing that literally is made by a slave. But since the slave has slanted eyes and speaks a little bit like Ching Chong, then it's okay because they're not black. This ideology is so vile that it it actually makes me like very physically hot and angry because it's so naked to see it, but we overlook it because we're so obsessed with what is the cult ideology going to think of me if I don't participate in this, if I don't say this loud enough, if I don't hold this sign. You shouldn't care at all for any amount of time what that cult thinks of you because you know that if you don't support that cult, you know why you don't support it. And if you don't know why you don't support it, become informed and you can rip these people verbally apart. They have nothing to support what they believe, just rhetoric and emotional hysteria. So you want to talk about slavery? Let's talk about slavery. You want to talk about reparations? Let's talk about reparations. You want to talk about things that you consider to be unfair and unjust because not everybody has the same opportunity. People have different things. You're misunderstanding what opportunity is. Opportunity means you have an opportunity to do it. Nobody else is going to do it for you. It's your opportunity. You know how much hatred there is in the black community of other black people who don't remain in the ghetto their entire lives? You ever thought about that? Where someone who is able to actually get a job, maybe purchase a house, have a family, they have people that hate them that are the same color as them? I mean, this whole idea that we have to break everything down to the color of somebody's skin is ridiculous. But this needs to be said. Slavery is part of an old world ideology. And that old world ideology of tyrants and kings and monarchs is well alive and thriving today. And guess what? You support it in your phone. You support it in your clothes. You support it by watching and participating in professional sports. You support it by supporting candidates who support it. And it's completely backwards. So we understand where plantations and slaves come into play here. Now we need to understand what slavery was as an economic tool, primarily for the South, and why it wasn't abolished with the Constitutional Convention and the forming of the government of the United States, which is a republic. Here's how it went down. Constitutional Convention comes together. Not everybody 
as a representative from every state attended, Rhode Island didn't even want to come. Most of the small states were very concerned because they thought big states were going to dominate them, so there had to be a compromise. Some small states were in the south, some were in the north, mostly in the north, so they had to come to a compromise. And over all the things that were discussed, slavery was on the back burner, not because a bunch of rich white men got together and decided we want to have slaves. No, you're a moron if you think that. This is what actually happened. If you actually read the notes of what these men wrote, and don't give me that stuff. Well, you can't understand what they were saying back then. You just read some notes. You have no idea. But somehow you tell me that, but you know that they were a bunch of rich white men who hated black people, but you don't quote anything where they said that or where they wrote that or where they spoke about it. Okay, so they get together, and slavery was not really on the docket. The reason was because southern states, the representatives of southern states, which represent a very teeny tiny minority of the majority, would not have signed on to the formation of a federal government, which would have had the power to end slavery. So there had to be a compromise. And for southern states that didn't see blacks as equal, and this was an ideology, sure, that was carried by those in the north and many in the south that weren't part of this very small group of, of political representatives. They wanted to count blacks as a full person, even though they didn't consider them human. They were just property to count them as a full person. So the north said, no, you're not going to do that, the northern states primarily. And so they made a compromise. It was called the Three-Fifths Compromise. Now, today they say the Three-Fifths Compromise is part of the Constitution that is racist and outdated, and it just means that blacks are three-fifths of a person. It does not mean that. If that's what your liberal Marxist professor told you, you need to go get your money back. They are brain dead. They are brainwashed, and they tried to brainwash you. The Three-Fifths Compromise was the opposite of demeaning black people. It actually prevented the South from counting blacks as a single individual, which would have given the South more political power. So in a power struggle between small and large states and between the northern and the southern states, one more pro-anti-slavery and one more pro-slavery, though this is generalized, the Three-Fifths Compromise was an unbelievably simplistic compromise to limit power of southern states in the agreement that southern states could still count blacks as three-fifths of a person. You know, otherwise, they would have just brought in more and more slaves, more, represent more people, more representatives, and they would have had all the political power. So the northern states maneuvered very, very intelligently, and they were able to structure it in a way in which the southern states would sign on and ratify for the federal government, the national government, but not have all the power to overturn the northern part of the country as a result of their political power. And so here's what actually happened. They have the three-fifths compromise. Slavery wasn't really an issue otherwise because once the federal government was formed, it was established that slavery would be ended in any territory that would be turned into a state, no slavery was allowed. Slavery importation was banned by the early 1800s, just a few decades after the Constitutional Convention. Slavery was banned. 
And this was part of the compromise that southern states could have slaves, but proceeding forward, no more slave importation after a certain date, and slavery would be banned in any new created state. So you couldn't come up and just like create a state and have slaves because it was banned, it was illegal as defined by the Congress and the federal government. That's real, documented, factual, powerful history that they do not teach you in history class. So if slavery importation was banned, and if slavery overall was banned in any new territory, generally speaking, why did slavery continue? Why was there a civil war? Well, there are many reasons why slavery continued and many reasons why there was a civil war. But the main reason that slavery continued was because the preservation of an old ideology and because of major financial backers that profited off of the backs of these slaves in the same way that corporations profit off of the backs of slaves that manufacture the clothing and the shoes and the sweatbands that these athletes use today to tell you how racist you are because you're white and because they have hundreds of millions of dollars, but you have white privilege. Meanwhile, they literally run around on a court or a field paid by rich people who aren't even white they're jewish half of the nfl is owned by jews who do not consider themselves to be white so if you want to use white as a term it does not apply to a large percentage of the moneyed elite who are jewish who do not consider themselves white they consider themselves jewish of a certain tribe not white this is not racist this is another fact all right so staying with the theme tonight it is an ideology of the old world. From what I've explained, it should be very clear that the new world ended slavery. This had not been done before. It ended slavery. Predominantly, white men that were, yeah, somewhat wealthy comparably, got together and decided, let's end the institution of slavery. And one little note needs to be tacked on here. Well, George Washington had slaves and Thomas Jefferson had slaves. Yeah, sure, they did. And you know that they wrote about, as times changed and the country formed, they wrote about how they were displeased in their own ownership of slaves, like in private diaries, not something like to virtue signal. And eventually decided against the ownership of slaves. It was customary at the time. But ideas changed, minds changed, brains perhaps physically, chemically changed, culture, society, the environment changed. And they began to realize, hey, you know, this is not right. And so it's we the people, all people, every person, including blacks. The three-fifths compromise was not about keeping slaves. It was about freeing slaves to free up political power for the North to end the oppression in the South. And it continued forward. And it was primarily driven, though, by economics and business. And is there a racial ideology today? Yeah, sure, there is around the world. But we need to also acknowledge that if you are in a group 
and that group has a has a culture customs traditions and you don't want as a group another person coming into your group there's nothing immoral or wrong about that as far as i see it that's that's your culture that's your group and you don't want someone else coming in that's fine they stay out they'll go somewhere else where they're wanted why would you want to be in a part of a group that doesn't want you to, want you to be there and so you might say, well, that's horrifically biased and bigoted and ra- perhaps, but they have a right as a group, whoever this group is, to reject others from coming into their group because they've created their own culture. And it should never be illegal to, to be racist or to be homophobic. Or These are just expressions that people want to express themselves. These in my opinion, ignorant expressions and ignorant ideologies and ignorant beliefs, once they are introduced into the marketplace of ideas, will be obliterated and not tolerated by the rest of the community. And so in order to progress forward, you're going to have to change your ideas about how you feel on homosexuals and blacks and Hispanics and Asians, etc. And the same would go for people who have that view on whites. If you want to progress forward and have true equality and justice for all, then you need to be able to accept all people. And if you express things that are not tolerable, you don't end up being accepted by that community. And this is what a truly open and free society is. And here's the thing. Here's the trick. That open and free society that gives you the right to be all those things can be exploited as a weakness by enemies of that free society so that you turn a free society into an oppressed society by name and use that oppression against that free society, claiming that the free society is oppressive and you bring in true oppression, true horrific oppression. By continuing to separate and divide, separate and divide, turning people against one another so that everybody hates one another to demoralize and to destabilize. But you do it in the name of justice, equality, freedom, peace, prosperity. You do it in the name of all those wonderful, beautiful words. And you have to keep repeating them over and over and over again, just like George Bush Jr. said, to kind of catapult the propaganda repeating it over and over and over again so people believe it. Oh, this person must be about justice and equality because pseudo-intellectuals believe more in nice-sounding words than they do in actions. That's why they like the idea of judging based on the content of character rather than the uh, the quality or the more so the color, rather, uh, judging the content of character rather than the color. That's because they judging the content of their character rather than the color of their skin but they judge based on the color of skin and teach that some groups are vile because of the way that they look and then when you explain what I've explained to you tonight thus far you break that paradigm you shatter that firewall and you understand oh 
the Constitution preserves the rule of law and equality for all people, and abandoning it is the cause of our problems, not the solution. And that slavery is a result of an old world ideology, not a new one, that has continually fought against the old world ideology and big business and big banking. And oh, it's really the open and free society that we have that's been exploited by enemies of that open and free society. They want to control and manipulate and deceive and lie and exploit. You only have maybe a third of the picture. I'm going to give you the rest of it when we come back from this top of the hour break. And I'm going to play you a wonderful speech by the former congressman, Dr. Ron Paul, right here on The Secret Teachings. Don't go anywhere. The Fringe FM is the network website, thefringe.fm. Thesecretteachings.info is our website where you can find our archive. rdgable at yahoo.com is the email. Stay tuned to The Fringe FM. We'll be back. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. Why listen to The Fringe FM? We are your number one source for talk radio the mainstream media won't touch. Joe Roop brings you everything occult with lighting the void. Ryan Gables shatters paradigms with esoteric knowledge on the secret teachings. Gigi and Cortana explore the inner workings of our reality with Shift Happens. Jess of the Rogue Report brings you years of research to explore the hidden facts behind alternative topics. And myself, Alex Exum of Live Talk, the so-called Joker in the deck. We are The Fringe FM. You could listen to this. And that show is now running all day Friday and all day Saturday on History Channel, which is really amazing. I don't know if there's any other show on TV that's doing that right now, so... I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week, and join us to explore the outer limits and quarantine zones of history, symbolism, parapolitics, myth, and more. We don't have insiders or some galactic confederation ambassador, but we do have books, memories, critical thinking skills, and an ability to recognize patterns. And we also know a little bit about a lot. But don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. Find the Fringe.fm Monday through Friday for new episodes of The Secret Teachings or check out TalkStream Live in the Paranormal Radio app. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info to subscribe to the entire show archive so that you can listen, stream, and download every episode after it airs. Subscribers also get access to our montages and digital books. www.thesecretteachings.info and The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on The Fringe FM. Don't settle for less. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence, David has no evidence, but... I hate this channel. Are you ready to explore the unknown and The Secret Teachings? Do you have everything you need? I've got my secret socks on, and my secret TV, and my secret TV channel. SpongeBob sounds ready. Are you?
so you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on 24-7 with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Do you like the secret teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, the theories of disease, and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. What happens when you bring the Fringe FM together with the world's leading paranormal experts and influencers? What if no topic was off the table, including paranormal events, conspiracy theory, witchcraft, psychic abilities, astrology, ufology, and more? And what would happen if you broadcast this event in crystal clear video live around the world, allowing viewers to interact with their favorite presenters? You would have created the monster that is the Fringe Fest 2020. Two nights only, Friday, October 30th and Saturday, October 31st. Go to thefringefest.com for more info. Get your tickets today at thefringefest.com. That is thefringefest.com. Trick or truth, it's up to you. Join me on a journey where getting lost is the only true destination. Where happiness is an illusion. Here, where the past, present, and future all coexist on the same timeline. Welcome to a future where our true re- reflection is only revealed once the screen goes dark. Welcome to the darkness. I hope you find it enlightening. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting. Where the normal and paranormal collide, it's the Fringe FM. You're listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting. May I have the password, please? The Fringe FM. That's right, sir. That is the password.
I'm Ryan Gable, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM, Monday through Friday, at the same time each night after Lighting the Void with Joe Roop. If you'd like to contact us, rdgable at yahoo.com, rdgable at yahoo.com. Send us an email today, rdgable at yahoo.com. Social media, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. Of course, if you think that the United States of America represents slavery and oppression and all these occupational endless wars of aggression, if you think it represents imperialism and corporate greed by wealthy elitists, then you'd probably think America doesn't matter. The Constitution doesn't matter. The founding doesn't matter. There's nothing important or significant or experimental even about the United States as a country. And you would probably write articles like this from the New York Times, that the United States of America, quote, may need international intervention in order to essentially subvert the rule of law and the sovereignty of the country and to turn it over to an international governing body like a United Nations, which celebrates the 75th anniversary this month in October 2020. And you probably see that it was necessary to compare the United States to the Roman Empire and find reasons like the Atlantic magazine has in their October issue to compare the end of the Roman Empire, which they say, quote, wasn't that bad, to the end of the American one, saying that maybe the end of the American Empire won't be that bad either. Both of those articles are linked up at the Secret Teachings. Dot info, the secret teachings.info under the top news tab. You'd probably think that this is all justified. Except it's only when you realize that America stands for none of these things. That the true definition and the true experiment in liberty begins to illuminate the darkness that has been cast over it by those who are truly certainly angry and upset about the ability of people to freely live their lives without being part of a system of control, part of a grid, part of a structure, part of a machine, part of a mechanism. Our Constitution here in the States preserves the rule of law and the equality of all of us, we the people, and it's because we've abandoned it and because we have not been educated on it. A very simple document, very easy to understand, very short in length. Because of the abandonment and the lack of understanding, the Constitution is placed into a public spotlight as being the source of people's hard times, when it's actually the solution to those hard times. Although, in context with what hard times are, true independence and true freedom mean that you're going to have hard times. And it's coming through those hard times that builds character, that builds community, that builds family. Not abandoning your responsibility to a, a, a global system of government, or at least on a local level, to a, a larger federal government to let it take complete control. The founding of our national government was not about having a strong federal government to rule every part of our lives. I think that's really funny how, like, a lot of people who like that play Hamilton, 
where they just completely mock Alexander Hamilton and the Founding Fathers. They think like Alexander Hamilton was this great guy. He wanted a big, strong government. If you read the Federalist Papers with Madison and Hamilton, Hamilton might have been like a hothead to some degree, but Hamilton was logical in his approach to a federal government. Like all the things I had heard about Hamilton until I read what he wrote, I thought this guy is an asshole. This guy hated, you know, the idea of having a strong national or a strong national government to preserve the rule of law. He wanted a powerful government to dominate everything. Even the people that think that some of the founding fathers were good because they wanted a powerful government to control every part of our lives, they're still wrong because none of the founders wanted that. Even the founders that wanted a strong national government, and I would have been one of them myself, they did not believe in having the government control every part of their life. In fact, the whole point of the federal government was to preserve the rule of law in the republic so that individual states could not step on the rights of the individual. Even the people that think like, oh, Hamilton's a great guy. Oh, we love Hamilton. Oh, we love the Federalists. We love the federal government. You have no clue. You're still wrong because you have not taken the time to read what these people wrote. You just think they want a big government, so that must mean that they're part of your team. And anybody who doesn't want that is on the opposition. Oh, life is so simple when you don't actually understand what you believe or why you believe it or how you even came to that view in the first place. Life is so simple when you take on an ideology and you work within a hive and do exactly what the queen bee tells you to do. It's so simple when you don't actually have to think for yourself, isn't it? It's only when you realize that, you know, the United States of America, which has problems like any other country, preserved the rule of law in a way that, with the exception of the Magna Carta as a public decree from royalty from the monarchy, like it has never been preserved before, like the rule of law and the foundation on the idea of God and morality in a country like the United States was preserved in many of the ancient secret societies and the modern secret societies and referred to by some as the New Atlantis, which would be a place of new beginnings, a true new world order. And they've even taken that terminology and twisted it into something that is grotesque. This is a new order, a new order at a time in which it was so common to believe many of the things, and this is why it's so backwards and it's confusing, it's so backwards because to believe many of the things that were believed by the old ideology, by the old mindset, they are believed today by people who want to overthrow the new ideology thinking that it's the old ideology to install the new one, which is actually the old one. Meaning that to get rid of what you think is oppression, you want to oppress. This is why Orwell or Eric Blair wrote those three famous opposites. Ignorance is strength. You know nothing, but you think you're a genius intellectual because, oh, I went to college for 17 years. Oh, I'm still in school learning. I'm taking a philosophy class. Oh, I love my history professor. He teaches me so many wonderful things about Karl Marx and jo Joseph Stalin. And oh, I love Mao, that big fat slob. Mao Zedong was such an amazing man killing 45 million people by accident. And a little bit on purpose. I, oh, it's, just, it's so 
great because we have to have a, a revolution to bring about true equality and change. And we just haven't tried the right kind of communism yet. It's that pompous arrogance. Ignorance is strength. You don't have to learn anything. Just be stupid and do what we tell you. And that's strength. Oh, and of course, war is peace. All the riots are mostly peaceful. War is peace. That's peaceful. That's an idea. That's a myth. That doesn't exist. That's peace, but it's actually war. It's a color revolution. And who could forget freedom is slavery? If you're a truly free individual and can think for yourself, that is slavery, my friend. You need to put yourself into shackles and cuffs and imprison yourself, and that is true freedom. That's what that means. You can see that in the ideology of any extreme collective. And they'll tell you about all kinds of things that are just totally understood in the most simplistic, out-of-context way, so much so that it actually makes it embarrassing to try to explain it. The three-fifths compromise... The three-fifths clause of the U.S. Constitution. Oh, it's so racist. Oh, they only think blacks are three-fifths of a person. Well, actually, it limited the political power of southern slave-owning states, therefore providing the basis for the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments to solidify in the minds of the old world ideology that, no, slavery is not right. Slavery is going to be illegal and will have to, since you can't understand we the people and all men are created equal, we have to put it in specific writing that slavery is wrong for you morons that can't comprehend that some people actually believe that all men and women and all people of all backgrounds and all religions and all identifications are equal and deserve opportunity. The founders agreed that a union with private property and other rights was the bedrock for establishing a truly free society for every single person, including those freed slaves and the blacks who were already free, which in many states they already were. And it would be important, of course, to recognize that even in the 1600s. But wait a minute, my, my professor didn't teach me this. Well, because your professor was brainwashed by his professor in his 40 years of college. And then when his professor died, he took over or she took over and they became a good little Marxist that programmed you and brainwashed you. Like literally like the Red Dawn, where they've got the propaganda playing, telling you how bad America is in the concentration camp. Until you realize that even in the 1600s, the founder of Pennsylvania, William Penn, wrote extensively about his personal disgust and the protests that he had and others shared for those who used slave labor, which was a very tiny percentage of the population. When you realize that oppression and endless wars of aggression, corporate greed and imperialism are things that most of the founding fathers stood against. Famous quotes by General Washington and famous quotes by Thomas Jefferson. These were not perfect people, but people that realized their faults and changed them. That's what's really terrifying to some people. Taking responsibility, recognizing, hey, I was wrong. I did something that was not moral, that was not right, and I am going to atone for that. You realize that the image of America has been hijacked. It's been turned into a straw man. 
in order to in order to, to hijack something that is pure, as pure as can be, as it has been at, at any other time in history, a better world, not the best, to use it as a scapegoat for all the world's problems, and to use the symbols of America as a Trojan horse of self-inflicted harm and suicide to implode the very thing that opened the world up to unbelievable prosperity and industrialization. That's the only reason China is an industrial powerhouse, because they've been moving away from the extremes of the Communist Party. It's unbelievable today because of the technology that's replaced those other ideological cultural extremes. And it's a nightmare hellhole, but more freedom, more progress. It's common for people today to believe that in the 18th century, the founding fathers were trying to like control our lives today. And then you realize that the principles of liberty and the republic merely preserved our government. They do not emanate therefrom. They emanate from God. They emanate from nature. You can call it what you want, but liberty is one of those things that in order to obtain it, you have to give it to everybody. And for those of you who don't want to give it to others because they don't speak the rhetoric that you speak, they don't read the ideological collective teleprompter that you read and repeat and regurgitate because ignorance is strength and war is peace and freedom is slavery, you don't want to give them liberty. You don't want to give them freedom to speak or freedom to associate. Liberty and freedom may only be exploited to the extent for which others will tolerate it based on their misconceptions that their freedom stops at whatever point others choose to advance upon it at some point where emotions get in the way, where hysteria gets in the way. Like all the polls after Ginsburg died, the Supreme Court justice. Oh, Americans believe that the president doesn't have the power to install a Supreme Court justice. And so we should really wait until after the election to do this because the president, the executive authority, there is no executive authority. The Americans believe this. So this is exactly how it has to be. And then you realize, well, actually, the Constitution of the United States of America gives the president power uh, to install a Supreme Court justice. It says that, in Article 2, Section 2 of the Constitution, the president has the power to install Supreme Court justices. I could read it to you if you would like. In fact, I have it pulled up right here just for this occasion where it says that he shall have the power by and with the advice and consent of the Senate to make treaties, dot, 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 dot and also to nominate by the advice and consent of the Senate ambassadors, ministers, and councils, and judges of the Supreme Court. Article 2, Section 2. They didn't teach you that in Marxist class, did they? Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution. Here's another one. The president has authority to halt insurrection if local authorities are unable or unwilling to do so. The United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion and on application of the legislature or of the executive when the legislature cannot be convened against domestic violence. The president has all these powers, but they tell you, oh, the people don't believe it, so it's not true. Oh, the people don't believe the president has that authority. 
Well, the president has a lot of authority today that the founders wouldn't have wanted the president to have. But the powers the president does have are the things they tell you the president doesn't have. It is literally an inversion of everything that is logical, everything that makes sense. Again, the Constitution preserves the rule of law. It's the abandonment that leads to problems, not the abandonment that is the solution. Slavery is an ideology of the old world that is still very present today in many parts of the world, from Somalia to China. And it's the true strength of our open society that is so powerful, but it also is a weakness that some exploit in order to rip down and tear apart that society, that culture, whatever in our case might be the republic. I'm going to play you this clip from Congressman Ron Paul. I said I was going to play it coming in from the break, but we'll play it coming in from the next break. Congressman Ron Paul, the former congressman, Dr. Ron Paul from the Liberty Report, giving his famous nail-in-the-coffin speech years ago where he explains all the things that are happening, all the things that are wrong, and how we can fix those problems by returning to the rule of law. You want true equality, true justice for everybody? It's right there in front of you, but you've been taught that the solution is the problem. You've been taught that war is peaceful and that ignorance is strength. And perhaps more disgustingly, you've been taught that freedom is slavery. None of this is true. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings. There's more after this. Don't go anywhere right here on The Fringe FM. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, where the normal and paranormal collide. It's The Fringe FM. You are listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. To contact Ryan, email rdgable at yahoo.com. You could listen to this. And that show is now running all day Friday and all day Saturday on History Channel, which is really amazing. I don't know if there's any other show on TV that's doing that right now, so... I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week and join us to explore the outer limits and quarantine zones of history, symbolism, parapolitics, myth, and more. We don't have insiders or some galactic confederation ambassador, but we do have books, memories, critical thinking skills, and an ability to recognize patterns. And we also know a little bit about a lot. But don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. Find TheFringe.fm Monday through Friday for new episodes of The Secret Teachings or check out TalkStream Live in the Paranormal Radio app. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info to subscribe to the entire show archive so that you can listen, stream, and download every episode after it airs. Subscribers also get access to our montages and digital books www.thesecretteachings.info and The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on The Fringe FM. Don't settle for less. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence, but... 
They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then they the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. <laughs> it's like you're all working for the same guy. Alex Exum. My name is Alex Exum, and I host live talk here on the Fringe FM. If you're sick of hearing about COVID-19, I invite you to listen to my show, 7 p.m. Pacific, Tuesday nights, for a COVID-free zone. We will not be talking about the C word. We discuss news, society, and culture, but not COVID-19. Go listen to the other fear mongers if you want to hear that nonsense. Want more of The Fringe? Check out thefringe.fm for more information on your favorite shows. Also, don't forget to check out the Fringe mobile app or the other ways you can tune in through the Paranormal Radio app and talk stream live. Where the normal and paranormal collide, it's the Fringe FM. So perception is the key, psychological warfare is the technique, and the heart is the solution. Heart perception will change everything. Did you buy Alexa? No, I don't know why people would voluntarily bug your own house. Like, do you think you're the only one listening in on that? You never saw weird science, how creepy these nerds are? All these cameras on your phone, all of that. The people go on Ancestry.com. Why would you send your saliva into the internet? Why don't you just go to the Illuminati and help them build your robot replacement? Do you like the secret teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, the theories of disease, and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. This is Dave Cruz, host of Beyond the Strange, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. This is Jess Rogie with the Rogie Report News, and you're listening to The Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. The truth is out there, and so are we. I've got one that can see. Calling all witches, warlocks, goblins, and ghouls. Join us for a two-day Halloween extravaganza featuring the biggest names in the paranormal universe. Friday, October the 30th and Saturday, October the 31st. Get your tickets before they sell out at thefringefest.com. That is thefringefest.com. 
Truth.com. Trick or truth, the choice is yours. Do you have everything you need to explore the secret teachings? I've got my secret socks on and my secret TV and my secret TV channel. Looks like SpongeBob's ready. Are you? The last nail is being driven into the coffin of the American Republic. Yet Congress remains in total denial as our liberties are rapidly fading before our eyes. The process is propelled by unwarranted fear and ignorance as to the true meaning of liberty. It is driven by economic myths, fallacies, and irrational good intentions. The rule of law is constantly rejected, and authoritarian answers are offered as panaceas for all our problems. Runaway welfareism is used to benefit the rich at the expense of the middle class. Who would have ever thought that the current generation and Congress would stand idly by and watch such a rapid disintegration of the American Republic? Characteristic of this epic event is the casual acceptance by the people and the political leaders of the unitary presidency, which is equivalent to granting dictatorial powers to the president. Our presidents can now, on their own, order assassinations, including American citizens, operate secret military tribunals, engage in torture, enforce indefinite imprisonments without due process, order searches and seizures without proper warrants, gutting the Fourth Amendment. Ignore the 60-day rule for reporting to the Congress the nature of any military operation as required by the War Powers Resolution. Continue the Patriot Act abuses without oversight. Wage war at will. Treat all Americans as suspected terrorists at airports with TSA groping and nude x-ray. And the Federal Reserve accommodates by counterfeiting the funds needed and not paid for by taxation and borrowing, permitting runaway spending, endless debt, and special interest bailouts. The three major reasons for our constitutional conventions were to guarantee free trade and travel among the states, make gold and silver legal tender and abolish paper money, and strictly limit the executive branch's authority to pursue war without congressional approval. But today, Federal Reserve notes are legal tender, gold and silver are illegal. The Interstate Commerce Clause is used to regulate all commerce at the expense of the free trade among the states. And now, the final nail is placed in the coffin of congressional responsibility for the war power, delivering this power completely to the president, a sharp and huge blow to the concept of our republic, that the fate of the American republic is now sealed, unless these recent trends are quickly reversed. The saddest part of this tragedy is that all these horrible changes are being done in the name of patriotism and protecting freedom. They are justified by good intentions while believing the sacrifice of liberty is required for our safety. Nothing could be further from the truth, and our wonderful experiment with liberty will end. I'm Ryan Gable. That's former Congressman Dr. Ron Paul. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. TheFringe.fm. The network website, our website, www.thesecretteachings.info. You think about the history of the United States, all the things that you've been told that, as we've looked at in the last 90 minutes, are incorrect myths or lies. When you understand the incorrectness, the myths and the lies, you recognize that the backward nature of what you've been told is the causation for the cultural, economic, social, and even community problems 
that it's actually the rule of law that preserves true equality, and it's the abandonment of the rule of law that causes the problems. It's not the solution. You realize that slavery in the United States, as we're constantly made to think, was wholly unique and almost like it was begun here in the United States, was actually a problem that existed all around the world and exists even today in places like China, for example, or in places like Somalia. People of the same skin color enslave each other, kill each other. Most violence anywhere in the world is within your own group of people in your own community. Just like pedophilia, most pedophilia is within your community, within your family. It's conducted by somebody you know when a child is abused. Whether that's a father, a mother, an uncle, an aunt, or it's a doctor. It's truly the power of our free and open society that is exploited by enemies of the republic, in our case here in the United States, that leads to the conflict and the chaos. Nobody wants to get rid of God because they are atheists and they hate God and they hate religion. They want to get rid of God because of what God represents. God is a symbol. It's a sigil. God represents order. God represents divinity. God represents peace and prosperity and progress and true justice and equality. So you get rid of God by suggesting that God is this symbol of oppression, and you bring in true oppression and true chaos and true disorder and true inequality and true injustice, and you're so evil that you tell people, I care about peace, I care about justice, I care about equality. Psychological analysis of the individuals who constantly tell you this obsessively like a tick they can't get rid of. Like it's some form of Tourette's syndrome. Equality, justice, peace. Equality, justice, peace. Equality, justice. They are psychopathic, narcissistic, Machiavellian, dark personalities. Clinically, psychologically speaking. When people are concerned with what governments can give them, be that welfare or preferential status and special protections, people eagerly and willfully give up their own liberty and that of others in the process. Whether these forces are in the halls of government, maybe they're in corporations, or maybe they're among the common people in your community. Maybe they're ideologies or ways of doing business or conducting a government. The horrors that result are not the fault of the republic. They're not the fault of the Constitution or the rule of law. They are the fault of subversive elements within the republic subverting the rule of law and creating chaos. It's with the lack of historical knowledge mixed with a lack of perspective and context, followed by the very greedy assertion that freedom means you can take what you want from others. That's not freedom. That's the opposite of freedom. Freedom preserves your freedom and allows you to protect against the encroachments of others on your freedom. Your freedom does not mean that you get to say whatever you want and you get to call to harm other people, and you get to steal from other people. No, your rights to your freedom ends where other people's freedom begins, and it does not include emotions. It does not include somebody using a word that you don't like. No matter how abhorrent that word might seem, we should never, ever, ever ban any word just because you don't like the implication. We should never ban anything because you don't like the implication. But we run into a tricky area when you have an open society used to spread the most 
disgusting, vile filth in the name of freedom. And when you say, I don't think that we should be doing that, they say, well, aren't you a free and open society? Isn't this a wonderful open place where we can do whatever we want? Well, sure, but within the guidelines and within the structure of what allows us to maintain that open society. And if you're doing things to harm others in the name of freedom, then this is not freedom. This is aggression. This is an act of war and a declaration of war on all those things that give you the right to spit on the very thing that gives you the freedom to spit on it. That's what you see all around you, people that have no idea spitting on the very thing, biting, as they say, the hand that feeds them, spitting on the very thing that gives them the freedom to spit on it to begin with. Because if you want to live in an oppressive regime, a government that will not tolerate dissent, you do what some of the people have done in some of these big cities in the United States, you will be shot in the street, no questions asked. Bam. Gone. Blown away. Your brains will be all over the sidewalk. Oh, Trump's a dictator. He used the Constitution. He used Section 4, Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution to stop the insurrection. He's a criminal. He's a dictator. Why? Why? Can you explain to me why? These are stormtroopers, man. They're fascists, man. It's all over. It's Nazis again. You are literally... If you are of that ideology, you are, you are literally one of the dumbest, most brainwashed, brain-dead people in the country. And I feel sincerely sorry for you because you have been used. You have been used just like white people have been used to speak for all white people, to kneel down and bow down and say, Oh, I'm so sorry my ancestors might have owned slaves or something. I'm so sorry to you, Mr. Black Man. Despicable. And all the black people that are used to make white people feel bad. And all the Hispanics and all the Asians and all the gays and queers and transvestites, all the people in the LGBTQ community, all the Jews, Muslims, Christians, anybody who's used to make other groups and to make their own group feel terrible. You realize you're being used, right? I wish it was that easy to get some people to recognize that. You're being used. You're being used to demean and demoralize and destabilize your own community and to demean and demoralize and destabilize your own perceptive identification community like who you are i'm i'm white i'm black i'm hispanic you're being used to tear that down so there's no structure there's no order at all this is why you go spit upon the things that give you the freedom to spit upon them, hoping that they'll fight back and so that you can call them a fascist. You go out and you rip down statues because if you tear down history, then people will have no idea of what's happening. If you recognize, oh, this has been done before and that wasn't good and, oh, that was the ideology that ripped down the statues last time, let's stop this uh, now. People's opinions along with the facts that back them up will be censored and, and labeled as hateful. 
and the very foundational documents that establish the Republic will be shredded all in the name of justice and equality, the very things that are only preserved until the last flicker of light from the torch of liberty is extinguished by ignorance and greed, and the last legible part of the Constitution goes through that industrial shredder. And you think, we defeated the monster. We defeated the beast. We defeated the tyrants and the oppressors and the kings and the monarchs. And the lights go out. And you hear blood-curdling screams and gunshots. And you realize you made a terrible, terrible mistake. The sky darkens. And you realize you killed the Son of God. And you realize you're going to have to pay for what you did. And the very system that you helped bring to power is going to torture you. And they are going to slaughter you in a setting, in a way that looks like the recording from Event Horizon. They're going to brutally torture and murder you because they see you as weak for having no mind of your own. That's what those authoritarian regimes look at the useful idiots as. That's what Karl Marx called them. They're useful idiots that are used to bring about the revolution, comrades. Still, These ideas are preserved in the hearts and the minds of men and women who choose to preserve them and declare independence from tyrants and their useful idiots. If you have the will, determination, and knowledge, then the republic and life and liberty and freedom and all these things are the the solutions to the problems. They are not the problems themselves. But if you don't teach people this and you get people when they're young and you condition them and brainwash them, then you think, oh, those are bad things. You know, even after the United States Constitution was signed in 1787, slavery importation was stopped within the next 20 years. Slaves were freed by their masters in many places, and many states outright banned slavery. And this was a very small issue in the sense that only a small number of people owned slaves. It was typically generational. And those plantations were financed by big banks run by people who were not white. Slaves that were sold and shipped by companies that were owned by people who were not white. Of course, slavery persisted in many states, but this is a microcosm. It's one of the primary factors of the Civil War, perhaps. Its extensions involved economic growth and therefore political problems in the North as a result of the unfair use of slave labor in the South. And the North's attempt to further limit uh, slave slaver power in the South resulted in a threat of secession. But that kind of thing is is happening today. There there are literally liberal states that are threatening to secede because they don't have power, or they think they don't have power. They they want you know their person to be in the president uh, seat, in the executive branch. This is a microcosm because. This is the old world ideology. The new world ideology, you know, the actual government banned, the federal government banned slavery importation. Yeah, it persisted because of the old world, not the new world. You know, people talk about Thomas Jefferson. He's such a tyrant. One of the most well-known slave owners and well-known founders. Labeled a hypocrite, Thomas Jefferson. You know, he proposed a law in 1779 that would have provided for the gradual emancipation of slaves in Virginia. In 1784 in Congress, he proposed a law which would, for one vote, one vote, 
if he would have had it, would have banned slavery from the entire Western territory of the United States. Others had different ideas. In 1787, he published a widely read document called Notes on the State of Virginia, where he wrote against slavery. And in 1807, as president, he publicly supported abolition of the slave trade and urged Congress to, quote, withdraw the citizens of the United States from all further participation in those violations of human rights, which have been so long continued on the unoffending inhabitants of Africa. General Washington, John Adams, Benjamin Franklin, Alexander Hamilton, James Madison, and many others spoke openly against slavery, despite many of them owning slaves. They recognized that it was wrong, and some of them maintained slaves because the political game that they played with southern states, or at least those states that believed in maintaining slaves for for political and economic power, they maintained those slaves to maintain some form of of reputation with the South. And we look prior to the fact that, that when Thomas Jefferson was president, he called on the Congress to end slavery even more officially than it had been done before. Oh, he's the president. Why didn't he just do it? Well, there's a system of checks and balances, okay? There's a three-part system. Today, the president just does whatever the president wants to do. But this was early on when the system worked more smoothly. Oh, they should have just banned it at the Constitutional Convention. If they would have tried to do that, the southern states would have laughed and left, and there would have never have been a federal government, and the southern states would have become much more powerful, and this would actually be probably a slaver nation if the southern states would have had their way in that regard. You know, the golden circle from Cuba spanning 2,000 miles In all directions, a giant slave empire. I believe that was, uh, was it George Bickley? The Knights of the Golden Circle, the Ku Klux Klan, the ones that were protecting that ideology by teaching white people that they were less than white if they didn't support it. In the same way that today we teach white people, you're less than white. You're actually dirt, you're filth, if you don't renounce your whiteness. And then... White people were also targeted by the Ku Klux Klan. If you were white and didn't support the Ku Klux Klan, if you were white and didn't support slavery, they came after you, especially if you spoke out about it. That's what they do today. They'll go after black people today who speak out against Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter uses the same type of imagery, the same magical powers, by praying to the Iyama Ayi, in, on video, goddess in Africa, they are literal practitioners of black magic, and they perform some of the same weird rituals, abnormal, weird, abnormal rituals that the Ku Klux Klan performed. Pomp and pageantry, that's all that it is. Black Lives Matter is the Ku Klux Klan. It's all entirely backwards. And all these people that spoke out against slavery, they're the ones branded as being the founders of slavery. No, they're the ones that ended slavery. Eradication of slavery in the 18th century is like the eradication of social injustice, perceived or otherwise, in the 21st century. 
It's not so easily expunged at the firing of a gun or the stroke of a pen. The treatment of African blacks then and the treatment of blacks today or any group is not unique or different than the treatment of any race of people anywhere in the world throughout any point or any period in history. Slaves have always existed in every major civilization and minor, from kingdom to village. The treatment of whites in parts of Africa today is arguably more abhorrent than the treatment of blacks in some part of America in the 18th century. What's unique about America is that white men, who generally were wealthier, declared that all men are equal, including women, and that slavery was wrong in all of its forms except as servitude for a crime and that it should be eradicated. And by the grace of God or a higher power, it indeed was eradicated. Thus you have the modern Ku Klux Klan today attacking whites as the root of all evil because whites were the ones that ended the oppression. And those that are attacking whites today are the ones that want the oppression back using their historical crimes as distraction to bring back that oppression more officially under the name of peace and equality and justice. I know it's kind of hard to understand because you spent 25 years with your professor brainwashing you, paying tens of thousands of dollars with your textbooks, thinking that you're, you're, you're learning all these wonderful things. When you recognize what's really happening, what really is going on, it becomes very, very apparent. Oh, I was lied to. I was lied to a lot. So now, instead of working long hours with constant abuse, keeping none of the fruits of your labor, and being a literal piece of property, now you're given breadcrumbs. You're, you're given ghettos to live in, welfare checks, and lip service paid to your importance. Black lives matter, so long as you vote and give political power to those who pay for your servitude. Therefore, once more, it's very inappropriate, it's very disingenuous, historically inaccurate, foolish, asinine, foolish, and ignorant to profess that the founders of the United States of America were white barbarians, men of their times who did not believe anyone except themselves were free, who didn't think so much of these other people to even include them in the Declaration of Independence or the Declaration of Human Rights. If this were the case, why so much opposition to the notion that all men were created free? If the founders were truly racist, think about it. If they were truly racist, bigoted slave owners who did not believe in the freeing of slaves, despite their open proclamation of abolition, why then... Were other interests opposed? Should not many of the southern states, the plantation owners, the, the money powered, uh, money power behind the, the plantations, the politicians like John Calhoun, shouldn't these people have been like very, very in support of the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, uh, the undeclared declaration that, you know, that only some men must have been created equal? That's, that's what it's implied, like only some men. Well, wouldn't John Calhoun and others have been like in support of that? Why were they opposed to it? Because it really actually meant all people were created equal. If the founders were so terribly guilty of what they had been accused, why was there ever a civil war over slavery, economics, and politics? And why go to such lengths to prevent the expansion of slavery, the importation of slaves, the political powers of slaveholding states, and the established principles of liberty opposing slavery in its institutional form? Why? Answer me those questions. You can't, because the foundation of the United States is not what you think it is. It's not what we've been told, and what I was told in advanced placement history class was the foundation. Racism and bigotry and slaves. You're focusing on the most minor microcosm that is physically possible in a history book. And you're ignoring the macrocosm of something that had never been done before. 
that seemed to have been willed by the divine hand of God himself. Not that America is like, oh, we're the best. No, just that the experiment in liberty is possible in its success, so long as there is not an abandonment of those principles. And that's what we've done. We've abandoned many of those principles. We've not even been taught about some of those principles. And so we don't have true equality of the people. We have inequality and we have oppression. And you think the solution to this is to further distance yourself from the one thing that would actually protect and provide and preserve the rule of law? You think that's the solution? You think slavery is a result of new world thinking? No, it's a result of the old world. And just like in the 18th and 19th centuries, for example, you have a very small number of people who held an ideology so strong that they fought to defend it. And you find a very small number of people today who believe that they're fighting against injustice when it's just a revamped and redesigned form of Racism. You have opportunity in the United States. Hell, if you're black, you have more opportunity sometimes than white people do. If you're a white woman or a black woman, you have more opportunity than a white man does. Because people are so concerned about catering to you. Oh, it's a black woman. Oh, it's a black guy. You're a racist piece of trash. If that's your perception on reality. And you can say, Ryan, that's vulgar. That's No, what's vulgar is limiting an individual human spirit consciousness to what their body and skin looks like. That makes you a piece of subhuman garbage. I don't care how many times you use the word justice or peace or equality. You're still a piece of subhuman garbage. And you're the very thing that the American Revolution was fought to defeat. And it terrifies you to get into a conversation with someone who knows this because you don't know what you're talking about and you need your professor to back you up by screaming and yelling curse words and waving around a hammer and sickle thinking that you're saving the world when you're doing nothing but destroying it. You want to see all those horrible things you think existed as a result of America? Go look at China today. Slaves, concentration camps, that's the communism that's in the streets in America in a color revolution mode right now, trying to bring about peace and equality with concentration camps and organ harvesting and pedophilia. Oh, it's so wonderful. We love China. They're not bad folks, folks. China literally is running slave factories, paying their workers next to nothing, and you are wearing the shoes and using the phones to go out and to document the injustice. It's unbelievable. Truly, truly reprehensible. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings. Thank you all so much for listening tonight. I hope that you can feel my passion and my desire for you to learn and to grow with me here on this show. If you'd like to hear more, you can visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. Subscribe to the archive. 
when you subscribe, you get access to all the shows and you get access to the montages and my digital books. You can also purchase my books on the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. That is the only place they are available. Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and the Technological Elixir. The Secret Teachings airs five nights a week on The Fringe FM. The Fringe.fm is the network website. Facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings is social media. rdgable at yahoo.com is the email. And our big Halloween event coming up is TheFringeFest.com. Check it out. TheFringeFest.com. Stay safe, stay informed, and we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Thanks for staying with us tonight. You're listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting. May I have the password, please? The Fringe FM. That's right, sir. That is the password.